My mind was, you know, it's, it's the day after Christmas, you know, the morning after, you know, and there is something about a relief that comes uh, after a big event, you know, and you can think of um, Christmas, of course, is a really big event. We prepare and we plan and we invite family and we invite friends and we shop and we give and we wonder and uh, we hope and uh, we do lots of uh, preparation and then there's the day and uh, it's always interesting. I think if we're honest, we don't always, it doesn't always go exactly the way we had planned or hoped. Uh, in a way, I'm going to suggest it, it went better uh, than you could have imagined, although it doesn't always look like that on the surface. Um, but um, we bring into a lot of hope, and then we have this day after, you know, and there's, there's still stuff to clean up, little pieces of wrapping paper and um, things that we have to do uh, in the aftermath. But uh, the word I'd like to bring to us today, uh, I, I, I received from um, Lamentations chapter 3, um, verse, we'll start in verse 19. And Scott, if you can pull that verse up, I'd like to just read it for us. Um, I'll start in verse 19. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall, I, will, I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. And uh, what really led me, I think, to that verse, I think, was simply the idea that his mercies are new every morning. Like, we, um, we prepare for Christmas morning, and in a way, I'd like to suggest every morning can be Christmas morning for you. Um, and while that sounds strange, uh, it is actually a wonderful good news uh, that we can reflect on and really put into our hearts and our minds. Uh, the, the, the first word that, 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 that comes out in this passage as we read it is, is, is hope. And I think, you know, I think of my own heart as we prepare for Christmas and I think we all have certain hopes. We hope things are going to happen. We might be hoping for a specific present or uh, someone to come home from afar or we have a lot of hopes and with hopes come disappointments often when they're not exactly what we had hoped for. Um, but what this verse suggests to us is even in our disappointments, even in our um, downcast moments, um, we have hope because of his great faithfulness. And that's really the, the, the word I want to leave is that uh, he is faithful and therefore we have hope. I will, I will cross-reference a few times here. Let me just jump to 1 Peter um, 
and I will read from, and, and I didn't get these verses into the PowerPoint here, but I will just read to you from 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 19. Excuse me. 1 Peter 1, starting in chapter, starting in verse 3. Okay. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. You know, we have our, uh, if you've ever been to our house, we have our kitchen and our sink is right there and a big counter. And we like to store our work papers and gifts and whatever there. And every so often they get wet. I'm like, oh, I just got that thing wet. Um, And isn't it true that our treasures here spoil uh, they break, they get, um, they get ruined. Um, what, what this passage is suggesting to us is that our hope is rooted in Christ and specifically his resurrection from the dead. This is a historical event we can look back on and research and find that it's true. He rose from the dead. There were eyewitnesses, non-Jew eyewitnesses. There's all kinds of evidence to say he arose. Where the faith comes in is, what does that mean for you? Do you receive his death and resurrection for your sin as the means of reconciliation to God, as the path to peace with God in your soul? Um, That is our hope. Our hope is in Jesus and his resurrection. And we can have hopes. It's good to hope for people to come home. Uh, It's good to hope for things to go well, Um, but when they don't, our disappointment is not complete. Uh, Compared to what is in our soul in Christ, um, we have joy and we have peace. Uh, The next thing that just pops out of this, this verse is the new every morning. I mean, this is one to really savor. Um, To me, Everything that I opened up yesterday, um, and uh, one thing was one of those deep tissue massagers, um, and it was new. I'm like, this is great. Um, I mean, there's nothing like that feeling in your sore muscle, and, uh, but you know what? I do it again today, and it's the same thing, and that's fine. It's a good thing, but it's the same thing. God's mercies are new every morning. I just challenge us all to believe that, that, uh, oh yeah, I received Christ when years ago, and that was great. That is great, because even this morning, his mercies for you are new, and they are to be opened up like a present under the Christmas tree, and to be grateful for, and to be encouraged by, and... And so I, I, I just urge you to celebrate 
what the scripture says, that his mercies are new every morning, that his faithfulness is that great that um, we can trust him and therefore have hope. It's not foolish to hope in God. It's actually the wisest thing you can do. Um, And the last, the last word that popped out of this verse that, that I thought was um, intriguing, that just caught my, my heart and mind, said, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Now, my portion, the Lord is my portion. Um, and that, 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 that word rings throughout the scripture, and it's, it's an intriguing one. What is, what is my portion? And so I, I had to look in the reference here, and my cross-reference took me to Psalm 16, verses 5 through 8, and I'd like to just read those for you as well, um, because I think they, they embellish this notion of our portion. Here's Psalm 16. Verses 5 to 8. It says this, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. And, and this is an overwhelmingly powerful verse to reflect on, that he alone is our portion, and that that is the delight of our heart, that we can delight in the portion, the boundary lines that he has established for us as pleasant. The world does not accept this verse at all. The world rejects this verse. Your boundary lines are too narrow. You need, you need to jump over them. Um, I think what, what the Lord is saying is, I am your portion, and I alone am your portion, and am enough to satisfy your soul. You can wake up every morning and not be disappointed at what gift is under the tree because his mercies are new every morning and and he he is faithful and true to meet you in your in your trials and in your disappointments and and that's true and and that can be true for every one of us um, we who read the Bible, we, we get this truth from reading the Bible and we believe that what the Bible tells us is trustworthy, um, that if they are the very words of God revealed by the Holy Spirit to us. Um, and I just invite you to reflect on the, the, these verses, these truths, um, and, and I, I would suggest that what we're going to move into here, these, these stories of grace, are really the way that, that God helps us receive the truth that he has for us. We, we find ourselves in difficult situations and say sometimes, I don't see how God could possibly 
be in this. Um, I am so distraught. Um, these boundary lines are in horrible places. Um, and yet, together with others, as we gather and we say, can you help me see God? Can you help me see God in this? And he will lead his people to you in your need. He works through his people more often than not. He can come directly to you in whatever ways and means as you sit down and look at his word. He may just meet you there, but it very well can be through uh, the testimony of another person who's willing to share. I saw God meet me in this loss in a way um, that... Um, and we share only how God worked for us, but as we hear God's working in another person, we are encouraged to seek him in our loss and, uh, and to receive everything, our portion, which is him alone. He is enough. We can be satisfied. There is no disappointment in the mercies he reveals to us every morning. We can be satisfied that these boundary lines have fallen to us in pleasant places. There's so many psalms that say that. The psalm that says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will satisfy the yearnings of your heart. Um, it sounds like such a circular process, but the more you read that verse and ask God to speak to you, he, he does. Um, and I'm hoping you're starting to say, hey, I want to share something. I want to share something too. Um, and uh, it's funny, as I this morning was thinking about what could I share? What could I get up in front of the people at Redeemer this morning and share? And then all of a sudden, and I'm like waiting for an answer to that prayer, and then Mark texts, hey, would you be willing to stand up in front of the people and share something? I'm like, okay. <laughs> I guess that was the answer to my prayer. Um, and uh, so, yeah, um, so don't let me have all the fun. Uh, I definitely um, will invite you. I mean, the rules, there's five or six Bs. Be brief, brethren, be brief, okay? Uh, but no, be detailed as well. I mean, what we see in God's work in our lives um, needs to be shared. We, we, need to, we need to encourage one another uh, because we all, because of our sin, full nature that uh, we still contend with, um, don't always see what God is doing. And uh, so let, let your story be an encouragement to others as we share. And um, let me just check the program here. That's where we're at. <laughs> Stories of grace. So um, has anyone been stirred to share something with us this morning? Story of grace. Excellent. Liz, thank you. This is going to be unique, but I'm an artist, so why wouldn't it be unique, right? So um, I was also looking at the title of the message that Pastor Mark had for this morning, and it said, never give up, or don't give up. And um, it just, to me personally, it spoke of Simeon and Anna, in the temple when Jesus was brought to them for their presentation, and I'm going to go ahead and read this out of Luke 2. And it starts in verse 25, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, 
and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of the people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken to, of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, and a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts would be revealed. And then Anna bears witness to the Redeemer. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, my best guess at that pronunciation, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. I'm going to say that again. She served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And coming into that instant, she gave thanks to God and spoke of him to all those who looked for the redemption of Jerusalem. There were a lot of people who were praying for the redemption of Jerusalem. The fall of man, of course, as we all know, brought about some pretty awful stuff, you know, sin in general, sickness, um, um, death, um, destruction, um, just the, all the horrendous stuff we can think of, war. All these things were brought into the world and brought into creation because of sin. And, but God gave a promise, and as Pastor Mark had spoken about the first week of Advent, I believe, God gave a promise that he was going to bring a savior. And um, there were many people who prayed into that promise, who believed for that promise, and they never gave up that that promise was one day going to come. And these people are an example to us as we go through the difficulties in life, um, whatever happens to be going on, you know, whether uh, uh, it's, it's a, a, a child who has departed from the faith or uh, a relative we've been leave, believing that would come to the Lord for an extended period of time, or maybe we're going through some financial difficulty or some illness or... Uh, or that sort of thing, we, we have an example of people who, don't, who, who never gave up. Not only, not only don't give up, but they never gave up. They trusted that God was going to be more than enough for what they needed in their circumstances, and God came through for them. And just, you know, Simeon had a promise. He received a promise in his spirit from the Lord that God was not going to allow him to depart this planet before he, got, he had the opportunity to see the Savior. And he just happened to be walking by the temple. He just happened to be walking by and the spirit of the Lord spoke to his heart and, and said to him, go in there. Well, in my, you know, my imaginings are this, go in there. There's something in there I want you to see. Simeon sensed that in his heart and he went in there and lo and behold, there was the savior, the one that the Lord told him was, was that he would have the opportunity to see before he passed away. Simeon never gave up. He believed that God was going to be faithful to that promise that was given to him. 
Anna was faithful to serve the Lord in fastings and prayer the whole time that, that um, she was waiting. Uh, and and I'm, I'm sure that one of her prayers was, Lord, bring our redemption, bring our Savior. Among many other things, I'm sure that she prayed. But Anna never gave up. She believed that the Savior was one day going to come. She believed that God was going to take care of her in the midst of uh, uh, the, the terrible loss of losing her husband. She never gave up, and she was faithful, and she continued to continue to serve God in prayers and fasting. And these people are our are, are example that no matter what's going on in our life, no matter how difficult things become, don't give up. God is the one person who can help us the most no matter what we're going through and he's faithful and he's just to provide and, and, to, and, and, to, and to forgive when we need forgiveness and, um, and he, is, he is always going to um, he's always going to be present for us. He's an ever-present help in times of trouble.